Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. We're back and better than ever. Woody Womack here. I've been gone for like two months, Lackford. Have, have you missed me? We haven't had any podcast. We didn't have any. Oh, I should introduce Dave Lackford is joining me. Dave, did you miss me? Of course, brother. We haven't had any episodes. Uh, we have been in the media. Rob did an episode of The Godfather and Gorney. Uh, Rob and I actually recorded an episode at my house that was lost uh, to time. I don't know what happened. Somehow it messed up. And of course, uh, you could have saw me on those videos uh, from New York City. What did you think of my uh, hosting ability? Was I a real uh, Tony Reale there, Lackford? Yeah, you look good. Uh, Mike, Mike, I'm worried about Mike a little bit, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you miss those, you can check them out. I think they're on the Rivals Twitter feed and on YouTube and I don't know, whatever you kids are watching over the top streaming services, etc. So uh, we've been away. We wanted to do an emergency episode because we've got all kinds of news happening. We just had the college football playoff last night and uh, I'm about to hit the road for a week. Rob has been on the road. Rob's about to kill somebody. If you can only see his text messages from his travel uh, mishaps he's had. He's in Orlando. I'm going to San Antonio. So we wanted to get something out there because it's been so long. So we apologize. I feel like back in the day, you would, people would start blogs and they'd write like a few posts and then he wouldn't write a post post for like six months. And they'd be like, sorry, I've been gone for so long, guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing it again. And then they do like two more posts and then that would be the end of the blog. We're 2007 bloggers at this point. <laughs> exactly. But we're back better than ever. But we want to remind you, tell a friend. We are back. We will be recording. Stop breathing into the microphone, Dave. <laughs> just, we're, we're off to a rousing start. So I guess we should hit the biggest news that happened today. Mark Richt quits, retires, leaves the job. He's no longer. Throws a wrench into my plans. I'm still not packed for my trip because I had to write an article. It was crazy. Uh, then, it was, speculation was they're going to hire Mario Cristobal. Everybody knows it. They're going to go get him. And guess what? They hire Manny Diaz tonight. Word breaks. The former defensive coordinator just took the Temple job a week ago, two weeks ago, whenever it was. It feels like it was yesterday. Lackford, what's your initial reaction to everything that went down with, uh, with the U tonight? Well, speaking about breathing into the microphone, Oregon fans can breathe easy because <laughs> this won't be the second year in a row their head coach, their beloved head coach, left to go back to their dream job in Florida. So congratulations, Oregon fans. You're sitting on a great recruiting class. You have a good staff there, and uh, things look bright for you. For Temple, however um, – I'm from Philly. I worked at Temple University. I, I, I was a barber at the Chop Shop on Leah Chorus Walk. I've uh, I cut Al Golden's flat top. He gave me very encouraging words <laughs> when I told him I don't know how to do this 1950s haircut. <laughs> um, but uh, man, like that's the best job in the AAC. I mean, that's the best G5 job. You don't even have to go and coach there. You just have to. It's like an Alabama offer, you know. Hey, look, I got the Temple job. Uh, I, I need a better job. You know, it's just like when a kid gets an Alabama offer. You know, I got an Alabama offer. Everybody else should offer me too, right? Th Diaz didn't even put the furniture in the office yet, um, and Miami's already paying his buyout. I don't think he's even had a chance to get a cheesesteak. And he's on his way back to South Beach. Have you ever <laughs> well, seen anything this crazy? 
there have been plenty of coaches who have like taken jobs and then changed their minds. Do you remember, you know, like Billy, I was famously covering the NBA when Billy Donovan got hired by the magic and then changed his mind to go back to Florida. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. And I remember I went to his press conference. I mean, he had the press conference and everything. I think Dana Altman did it at one time too, who's now the Oregon coach. He was at Creighton and he took another job and then backed out of it. Uh, so all kinds of, yeah, all kinds of this stuff has happened like that. I don't remember it being like this though, where a guy left for like a week uh, or two weeks and more importantly signed a recruiting class. That's the thing that sucks. If I mean, I mean, imagine if you signed with temple under the guise of Manny Diaz is going to be the coach. And now you don't even know who the coach is going to be. And it's probably not going to be anyone on his staff because all those people are going to stay in Miami. Right. I don't think that he signed anybody from Miami up there in Temple, though. I'm about to look. I'm about to look on it right now. But well, let's look at the commitment. Oh, let's look at the commitment list. Okay, how they added? Uh, I guess only one guy who signed who committed late. So a lot of the guys were already committed to Temple to, under the past staff. So I guess they can't feel too bad about it. Nah. But but I mean, it's still. A, <laughs> do you do you really think? Do you really think? My here's my question. Is Manny Diaz like this home run hire for for Miami? I mean, the, this the timing they 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 salvage what they could given the timing, but I mean, come on! Oh yeah, look, we got the official Miami's Miami's got the official graphic out. The official Twitter account has tweeted it. So, <laughs> well, I, I'm gonna hold off my opinion until I hear what Warren Sapp and Luther Campbell have okay, to say please. about the hire. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I and Cassidy took some heat on Twitter, and I, I I don't know if we talked about this on here. I can't I can't I've done so many interviews in the past uh, two weeks. Humble brag uh, that uh, I can't remember who I said to what about who, but you know Miami is insane for letting these former players who know nothing, you know, have any influence of what goes on. It's, it's, it's insane that they let these people, they let them get the fan base all riled up and they make decisions based on what Warren Sapp thinks. Guess what? Google Warren Sapp, okay? No, no. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let's let's make an all-Miami former player staff, right? So, like, what's Warren Sapp's official job? I, if, I'm, if I'm hiring former Miami players to coach at Miami, he's my uh, director of on-campus recruiting. Because <laughs> you know the official visits are going to be live when Warren Sapp is handling that, right? <laughs> Who's the head coach? Well, I never liked Warren Sapp when, I, when uh, he was an active player and I covered him. He's just so unfunny. He's a, I think he's the funniest person in the world. He's not funny at all. And it's like, oh, he trolled. Old Mark Richt after he was five after he retired. It's like you know, <laughs> you know Mark Richt. Mark Richt is a stand-up guy. Okay, the timing was the timing was bad with him leaving, but it was clear. You know, I I was under the impression that they probably asked him to fire his son, and he said no when he retired. Yeah. And it's not even look. Manny Diaz coming back salvages their recruiting class. So everybody's joking about all the decommitments. Well, half of those were on the defensive side of the ball, and now Diaz is coming back. So I think they he gets all those dudes back in the fold. I think he could flip Akeem Dent from Florida State at this point. I think that this is a is it a home run hire as far as X's and O's? I don't know, but what is it? Manny's and Joe's or whatever. Uh, he's going to get guys. He's no, gonna, he's going to. Well, and you saw when he left how many decommitments they had, especially in the younger class, right. uh, the 2020 class. That's why I think it's it's definitely going to have a big recruiting impact. 
but I don't know if it solves the issue. They still don't have a quarterback. I mean, you know, they need to go find a quarterback, a grad transfer quarterback who can play, and they need to hire a new offensive coordinator. Uh, the, the, their offense was a mess. Uh, the, the fact that they haven't been able to recruit a quarterback under Mark Richt at all, he didn't, he didn't recruit one good quarterback. But here's the thing. Here's why Manny's a good hire. Here's another thing that you can check into the positive box, right? Manny Diaz is a defensive guy, so whoever he's going to target as the offensive coordinator gets to know, hey, I'm going to run the show. I'm going to be calling the plays. I'm going to re- be recruiting the offensive guys, and I think that's a good hire. I mean, the the fan base that I saw, the limited sample I saw at the Miami site on the Rivals Miami site, they're like, no, we need an offensive-minded coach, yada, yada, yada. But I disagree because I think Manny Diaz has the recruiting chops down there. I think he's a great defensive coordinator. He's going to bring the physicality back to the U. And you could go out and you can hire an offensive coordinator under the pitch that, hey, man, you're going to come in here. You're going to be the guy. You're going to run your offense. I'm not an offensive guy. I'm a defensive guy, so you do your thing. So now they've got their head coach, right? They've got their recruiting closer they got their CEO. They've got a guy that's going to run the defense. Now all they have to do is find a niche offensive coordinator to come in there and run things. I like the I like I like the move. I'm not mad. Plus, plus look at this. Um, it's a four million dollar buyout from Temple for Miami, right? Crystal Ball's buyout was like 10 million. It dropped to 8 million on January 31st, right? You can't you can't wait till January 31st, no. right? The dead period ends on what the 10th of January. So it's 21 days you lose in recruiting, and, and then the fifth is the, the final signing day, right? Diaz gets all those guys back in the fold. He brings in an offensive coordinator. I, yo, and they did all this in one day. Good job, <laughs> Miami. Well, they said they were blindsided, right? Wasn't that the wasn't that the thing? They were blindsided by uh, that was the word that, that that they didn't even expect it. Like, right, they were yeah. either, hey, they got so. blindsided, but that you know, um, the, if you get hit from the blind side, you don't always go down. You know, they stay on their feet. Scramble drill. They went there. They got Manny Diaz. It took what twelve hours. Good job. Yeah. Yeah, nice job by Miami. They salvage things. I I don't want to make it seem like I, yeah, I don't want to make it seem like I'm down on the hire. I just think, you know, they this was your chance to go get a big name and we've seen time and time again, I mean, that Miami just doesn't doesn't do it and I think I think if the t- the timing were any different, they would have had Crystal Ball would have been a slam dunk and maybe he's the coach in 3 years. You never know, right? You never know, but I like Manny Diaz. He's a turnover chain guy. He's a swag. He was the heart and soul of Miami, right? <laughs> Mark Rick doesn't fit Miami. Mark, look, look, look. You said it yourself, right? When you think of Miami football, what do you think of? You think of the bad guys, right? You think of the big evil villains coming out there, dominating college football for the period of time that they did, and they did it in a certain fashion. They did it with a certain uh, genase toi, whatever the word is. I'll just screw that up. But listen. Genese quoi. Yeah, genese quoi, right? They did it They did it their way. They did it the U way, right? Manny Diaz is the turnover chain guy, right? He's got the swag, and, and Miami's all about the swag, right? So I like it, man, from, from, a, from a, the essence of what Miami football is, from the essence of the U. That's, that, that's a good hire. And, and they were under the gun, and they made a split decision, and I think that it turned out well. All right. Well, there you have it. The Lackford, uh, 
Lackford's on board, and I guess what? I, I'm on board, too. I th- I'm sure I don't speak for Cassidy, but this is great for us. Content this week of the All-Star Game with all these players committed. Now we got something to talk about uh, uh, both tonight and tomorrow. So yeah, I, I did think it was weird. I still think... You know, it's we, totally weird. I mean, don't don't get it wrong. <laughs> this is definitely down the weird vortex. This is going down a rabbit hole, but I think it's going to work out. Well, and the NCA once again dodged the bullet of last year was Rich Rod got fired. Remember? Oh yeah. And the He's kids back. Had already, right, but the kids had already signed. This year, uh, you know, Rick leaves. The kids had already signed, and now Temple. But not no one's really going to make a stink about it because they hired Diaz now. Had they hired, you know, Ken Niamatololo or something like that, <laughs> like like uh, Khalil Tate made a fuss about with Arizona, you know, I don't know. I, I still think there needs to pro- be a provision that the kids can get out of their letters if they signed early. If there's a coaching change, I well, think I think so. that's what I think that's what a lot of the people on the Miami site were talking about. Um, I think there is an exception where if you sign and the coaches leave, you can appeal and get out of your LOI. You can appeal, but it's like there's no there's no track record of them doing it. It's just never been an issue before. I mean, it's- yeah, yeah, and and you don't want to throw yourself into the arbitrary wins of the NCAA. <laughs> you know, I feel right. you on that. But here's where the real stink would have been if they had hired Crystal Ball, and then that Oregon class, the number five ranked class in the country or sixth ranked class in the country, is now oh well, the guy we signed to was in Miami. What do we do now? That's when the stink would have well, came. That would have been the real content for everybody right there. No, there would have been hell to pay if they have you know they have a five star who just signed with them two weeks ago, and uh, over Alabama. Uh, it, yeah, it would have been it would have been a major problem if if uh, for everybody involved. So I would still would like to see that rule changed. But uh, let's move on, Dave. We don't have to talk about a ton of stuff, but we do have to talk about the college football playoff. Where guess what, listeners of this podcast, how, how vindicated do you feel by the play of Trevor Lawrence, the, the the one true shining light in the college football world, just dominated Notre Dame. It was embarrassing, wasn't it? Uh, it was, it was, no, it was glorious is the word I would use. <laughs> but think, think about it, Dave. If you didn't know me, say, yeah, I like listening to this podcast. You used to be just a listener, uh, just a normal plebe. True. Uh, and you heard, how long have I been talking about Trevor Lawrence being the greatest player ever? Two, two plus years, two and a half years? I don't think we can measure time when we talk about a God. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So so you've been telling them, you know, think of it. There is a member of my family, and I'm going to tell this story real fast. We can talk about the games, which were pretty boring. So we're not going to spend a whole long time. It was Thanksgiving. You know, you have family coming to town for Thanksgiving, right? True. This was two years ago. I said, uh, this is a guy who watches a lot of football. I said, hey, man, you know, it's the Friday after Thanksgiving. This kid is playing. I'm going to go watch him. Best quarterback I've ever seen. Uh, going to be – this is like Peyton Manning. If you had a chance to watch Peyton Manning play in high school, you know, why don't you come out to the game with me and hang out and watch him play and, uh, you know, get some bro time in. This was, you know, an extended family member. Uh, and guess what? He said, oh, no, man, I can't. I got to work. Mm. Uh, you know, which he works sort of – you know, from home, so he could be working. So I go to the game. Trevor, of course, dominates. I think he might have clinched him a spot in the state championship or something to that effect. It was in the playoffs. And uh, the next day, the said person didn't come out of their room all day. And I said, hey, uh, 
Where where's he at? <laughs> oh, he's, he's working on his daily fantasy lineup. I said, well, wait a minute. He was busy working last night. He couldn't come to the game, and now he's spending all day doing daily fantasy. Yeah. So guess what? Ever since then, on the bad list, and now this person is binded to me for life till uh, death does him part. And he has to listen to me every year com- complain about how he didn't come watch Trevor. And I just hope for Thanksgivings for year to come that Trevor's going to be playing uh, NFL. And because this guy doesn't like college football, so I'll be sticking it to him for years. And you know, there's no- I like nothing better, Dave, than sticking it to people, right? Oh, that's that's what you live for. It's your lifeblood. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so anyway, let's talk about the game. We can talk about Clemson first. Just outclassed Notre Dame. I mean, it was never pe- people. Oh, a couple plays went the other way early. There's there's no chance. Clemson would have beat them nine times out of ten. Don't you think? Uh, yeah, no doubt. Um, they they just didn't have the dudes. I kind of it was like a uh, scaled down version of watching the Purdue Auburn game where you just see these Purdue wide receivers just running by, and on that first touchdown that uh, Trevor threw to Justin Ross. Um, I thought to myself, just do that the whole game, you know, like they don't have anybody that can run with this guy and they just, they can't, they've just got a stable of, of five stars. T Higgins drops a touchdown pass. Um, and, and it should have been, it, it wouldn't have counted anyway. It was called back, but then he makes that ridiculous catch on the tip ball in the back of the end zone. And it's just, I thought that Alabama had the best team I've ever seen, right? Like I said that earlier in the podcast, like this might be the greatest team, but this Clemson team is a juggernaut too. This is going to be the clash of the Titans. And I won a lot of money off of this Notre Dame game, you know, because I, I know, (laughs) I know, man, I like, I live in Louisville and a lot of these people are from Indiana and they're big Notre Dame people. And I just sat there and I looked at it like, yo, give me your money. How much you want? I, I gave a dude. I gave a dude uh, three to one odds on a fifty dollar bet, and I gave him a ten point spread. So I made one hundred fifty dollars on that one. You know, I, I looked at last night before the game kicked off. Eighty two percent of money was on Notre Dame. I mean, that was insane. Think about it. Vegas cleaned up. I don't know who these people. I guess it's Notre Dame fans who, who or people who just figured. You know, hey, undefeated Notre Dame, but we've got a Notre Dame problem. We can talk about real quick. How how many major bowl games is this dating back to when I was in high school? I remember them losing to Oregon State like forty four to nine or something in the Fiesta Bowl. Do you remember that? It was like two thousand. No, I don't remember that game. Every time it just seems like every time, and I got Notre Dame fans were on me on Twitter because I was like, at what point do does the committee factor this in the next time they're undefeated? In, In my opinion. And I, I was texting this to you. Look, you, you, everyone says they don't want UCF in the playoff because they'll get blown out. Okay. Well, <laughs> they couldn't have done what Notre Dame did, given up 650 yards and scored three points. Right. No, I mean, it, the question is how much would UCF gotten blown out by other than Notre Dame? Like, it's not about how many points they would have scored. But here's the thing with Notre Dame, right? Um, they People are saying – they should definitely join a conference now, yada, yada, yada. Why? They've In the last decade, they've played in a national championship game and the playoffs as an independent, right? So the question is, why should they join a conference? What are you talking about? Because if they were in the ACC, right, they'd have got handled by Clemson uh, in the ACC championship game and Georgia or Ohio State would have been in there, right? So. Okay. 
Well, so listen. Yeah, I would have much rather Ohio State would have played Clemson much tougher. Absolutely. There's no, there's no question. Okay, so let's go through it. Let's dating back. Actually, you know what? We can go back even farther. Dating back, okay, they won the Sugar Bowl in 1992. <laughs> okay, so if we're counting New Year's Six Bowls, uh, the Cotton Bowl is not one of them, correct? Um, no, it's no. Not, they already they, played the Cotton Bowl. They just played right. it. It might, it might have been if it wasn't for the playoffs, though. Right. Okay. Well, so let's just count the ones that are now. Fiesta Bowl, 1995, 20, 41-24 loss to Colorado. Orange Bowl, 96. They only lost by five to Florida State. That was a good one. Uh, January 1st, 2001, Oregon State, 41 Notre Dame nine. That was the game I was talking about. I was one point off. Who was on that Oregon State team? Was that uh, Derek Anderson and Steven Jackson? No, that was like uh, Jonathan Smith, the coach of who's their coach now. And I think, uh, man, that might have been. Let me look at it real quick. That might have been like, you know, Chad Johnson circa. Ah. Let me look at their. Hold on. I'm trying to see their. Their stats. Oh yeah, TJ Hushmanzada, Chad Johnson, uh, Nick Barnett was on defense. Remember, he played for the the Packers Packers. for a long time. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, the coach was only four players on that team got drafted the following year. Can you believe that? Yeah, I can. Um, So, (laughs) well, so anyway, moving on from there. I remember that. Actually, I do remember that. I remember Paul Horning came out. Paul Horning played for Notre Dame. Correct. Was that when his pants fell down? <laughs> he said, he said, he said, and if this would have happened in like, you know, Twitter do your thing era, he was like, we should lower our uh, academic standards so we get the black athletes. So yeah. I was like, no. <laughs> that was bad. Yeah. That was bad. Yeah. Worst, worst moments of Paul Horning's life. That and the time he stood up to get an award and his pants fell down. Do you remember that? Yeah. But uh, the Paul Horning Awards were the more prestigious awards you can get now, you know? <laughs> it's around, that's not as bad as Bob Dole falling off stage, but it's up there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I really cracked myself up with that one. I'm going to Google the video now and see if I can find it. Um, okay, so let's continue our thing here. The Fiesta Bowl in 2006, they lost 34 to 20 to Ohio State. Then they played the Sugar Bowl in 2007, which they lost 41 to 14 to LSU. Then, of course, they played in the Natty against Alabama in 2013, which Nick and I actually drove to Florida to hang out with one of our friends who was a Notre Dame fan to watch that because it was like his birthday or something. Yeah. And his wife, like, uh, so Nick and I drove like six hours to go watch the game with him, uh, 42 to 14. Fiesta Bowl, 2016, Ohio State, 44-28. And then this last one, 30 to 3, the worst, maybe the worst of them all. Uh, so think about it. How many bowl? We're going back twenty three years, Dave. It's since they've won one of those bowl games, nineteen ninety two, twenty six years ago. Mm, well, that's incredible. That's incredible. So I think, personally, I think it's going to get held against them. Now, if they go undefeated, it's hard to say they're going to get held out. But uh, I mean, and I and I thought they should have been in. I was not on the Georgia should get in because guess what, Georgia, you had a chance, you lost. Yeah, here's what it is, right? All right, so Alabama beat Georgia, and LSU blew Georgia out, right? So so Alabama, you know, hey, Georgia, you played Alabama really well, you know, so 
Alabama should have to beat you again in a couple weeks to be the national champion and Clemson. No, that's not how it works. The regular season has to mean something. The reason why college football's regular season is great is because every game is a playoff. Ohio State, don't lose to Purdue. Guess what? Every game matters. Don't take that day off. Don't take that Friday night off and get your ass beat by Purdue, and you make the playoffs. But guess what? You let a a, a five-foot eight freshmen destroy you and now you're not in the playoffs. You know why? Because every regular season game matters. And that's why expanding the playoffs is trash. That's why no one watches college football or college basketball in December or January. You know why? Because none of that crap matters and no one cares. But everybody wants to compare the college football to March Madness. Yeah, March Madness is great in March, but the entire college basketball season is trash because no one cares. And if guess what? You're a bubble team that lost to, to DePaul in 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 January and you don't make it in no one cares because that didn't matter and, and honestly the tournament doesn't even really matter I mean who watches it the only reason you watch it is because you filled out your office bracket and you paid five dollars and you hope you end up making 200 off of it none of that matters but college football's regular season matters every game matters you're Ohio State you got the number you averaged the number three recruiting class for the last five years but you just lost to Purdue guess what sorry you're out because that game mattered. So miss me with all this, oh, let's expand it to eight. Why? So I can watch Alabama destroy UCF by 40 points? What's the point of that? I'd rather watch I'd rather watch UCF versus LSU. Right. I, I actually this this had me feeling like I don't want eight teams after watching it, like you said. I mean, I I do think <clears throat> I don't think UCF would ever get in in a 14 playoff and I don't, they're never going to, the problem is they're never going to have a run like this again. The the amount of things that have to go right, no matter who you're playing to go undefeated, win 25 games in a row, it's just not going to happen again. So you can expand it to eight and then what you're going to end up with like, you know, a team, a two loss Boise state team who just gets hosed or who, you know what I mean? All right. Yeah. Uh, look, look, look at Florida state, right? When 2013, they win the natty and they were unbelievable that year. The next year in 2014, they won games by luck. I was at the Louisville game when um, they miraculously came back from a, what seemed like an insurmountable halftime deficit. And all through the year, they were walking a razor's edge. Then they got blown out by Oregon. And it's like, we didn't even need that game. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. four, four teams is fine. I love the four-team playoff. That's great. Leave it there. It used to just be the top two teams, right? And then the number three team that got left out, they had a gripe. So we expanded it to four. Now we're going to we're gonna bend to the will of the fifth team that got left out because of their moaning and bitching and make it eight? Why? Well, and the argument is, and I saw Bomani Jones take a lot of heat for this. Uh, he tweeted, you know, like they were like, oh, you know, conference commissioners who are fed up with UCF getting left out. It's like, first of all, nobody, I can tell you that not one person associated with Power Five cares about UCF getting left out. They're mad about their teams getting left. They want their champions to automatically get in so they get a cut of the cash. That's what it is. It's just, they don't care. Because, and Bomani said that. They don't care about it. If you think that the, if you think that the commissioner of the Big Ten cares about, oh, it's not fair to UCF, you're insane. I got news for you. I got some real estate to sell you, okay? I mean, come on. Like, you know, so uh, this is spoken from, you know, me noted uh, public UCF apologist. Here's what I would like to see, Dave. Let me let me throw this one out for you. This How about a compromise? What do you think about six teams with the top two teams getting a buy, and then maybe we could weed out 
the trash in the in because imagine if you had Georgia and Ohio State that was five and six, and they had to play Notre Dame and Oklahoma, uh, and then you know the other two teams are sitting there waiting for them. What do you think about that plan? I can live with splitting the baby in that instance and put six teams in, and you got to buy. But I, I just don't like. I don't like tasking unplayed amateur athletes with playing extra high stakes games where they're millions of dollars in the pros is at risk. You know, excuse me, Dabo Sweeney, why you sit atop of your cloud of millions of dollars in the stratosphere and look down upon the players that are, you know, risking their future saying, oh, it's a culture of fear. Well, what do you have to fear? You're like an immortal god up there in your cocoon of immortality. You don't have to worry about blowing your kneecap out because you're straight, right? But Dexter Lawrence has to worry about that. Travis Etienne, his whole game is built on speed. He's a little guy. He tears his patella tendon. He's DeAndre Francois, and he's selling cars down in South Florida. Or or LS or, or Louisiana, you know what I mean. So I don't like making amateur players play for free any more than they have to. So I right, but I mean, we're talking about eight. Where which you know, it seems like eight is inevitable now. So I'm saying I don't think it's inevitable. I, I really don't. I mean, well, the Fiesta Bowl trophy is worth one point three million dollars, man. And you know who's playing in the Fiesta Bowl? UCF and LSU. They're still making plenty of money. With those bowls, with those New Year's Six bowls, uh, I don't know, man. But you're you're probably right. I, I may be naive here. I'm I'm definitely sleeping on the power of free market enterprise. I mean, look at Manny Diaz. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so you're probably right. Eight eight teams probably is inevitable because it's going to be more more money for the conferences and the conference commissioners, which you just touched upon, and no money for the kids, which is is garbage in my opinion. All right, so let's talk about the Alabama game real quick. They blow out, uh, they blow out Oklahoma, but they talk about a backdoor cover. They came in; it, it looks close. History will be like, oh, it was only a twelve-point game. It was Alabama close. Remember, we've talked about this. That's that was Alabama right. close. But look, Alabama dominated the first quarter, but they lost the rest of the game. Now I know that's me rationalizing this, but I think Oklahoma they 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 got beat down in the first round, but they came back and they bounced back. So you know the old college try for no money. Um, you know, good for them. They really came out there, took Alabama's best punch, and kept on swinging. But um. Yeah, I, I think it was uh it wasn't as close as the score indicated. And as as Rob Cassidy alluded to, you know, um once once uh Oklahoma scored that first touchdown, you know, hey, that 14 and a half cover is still alive. And Rob is the prophet, man. He nailed it. So if you had money on Oklahoma, congratulations. Um I stayed away from that one just because I couldn't find anybody to take the bet. With, uh, I tried to get uh I tried to get Adam Gorney to do it on Twitter. <laughs> I was talking major trash. But uh, he didn't take the bet. He didn't take the bait. So I didn't lose any money. So I'm good. So shout out to Clemson. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, it, it, Alabama is just a machine. I mean, the, the fact that they bring in their third string quarterback or running back, excuse me, and, and he is uh, Najee Harris, the former number one overall player in the country. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, Clemson's Clemson's like that too. Like Clemson put their third string in. the The announcer said that you know, like Clemson had their third string defense in, and Notre Dame moved the ball down to like their thirty five, and they just put the starters back in, and Notre Dame went backwards. So it's just. Well, 
I told Nick, uh, I talked to Nick on the phone yesterday before the game started, and he was like, oh, you know, Dexter's not playing. And I said, yeah, but I was like, his backup is uh, – I was like, his backup is Albert Huggins, who who we used to have to drive to Orangeburg, uh, South Carolina, Carolina to get interviews with because he wasn't allowed to talk on the phone or so he didn't have a phone or something. And, I mean, he was like a legit top 100 recruit that was – like had national interest. I mean, he would be playing – he was recruited by every other school in the playoff. He'd be, be starting. Star. He'd be starting for Notre Dame. Bro, oh, p- please, yeah. I mean, he exactly. That, that's the thing. Is like, you know, Jerry Tillery is, is a nice player for Notre Dame, but the thought of you know him being a no brainer first round pick is like, you know, I think that's a that's a little bit surprising <laughs> to me. I would say the least. In, uh, look, in the first quarter, I remember watching Trey Lamar, uh, who was a five star, correct? Or yeah. a five-star Trey Lamar, and he's a middle linebacker, and they were just using him as a crash test dummy to just blow the guard up in the first quarter. They're like, Trey, just go run into that guard as hard as you can. And he did that like five times. And I'm like, that's how Clemson uses their five-star. They're just going to run in there and destroy the guard for the first quarter of the game. Then they're going to put in a, the second-string guy who used to be a safety who's running down the field, knocking down plays on fourth down like his child's play. Did you see that one? And I'm just – Oh, that was amazing. Yeah, that was a great, was a great play. I'm just sitting there looking at Clemson like this is, this is totally different. There should not be this much of a chasm between – Notre Dame and Clemson, but yet here we are. You know, Trey Lamar has been reduced to a crash test dummy. Like Brent Venables is sitting there with like his jugular vein popping out his neck, screaming killing orders to Trey Lamar, who's a six foot three, two hundred and fifty pound war machine. <laughs> you know, and he's just running in there, smacking head first into this Notre Dame guard. And the Notre Dame offensive line produces like the top NFL offensive line talent in the country. And it was just a set the tone. I'm going to come out and bludgeon you to death kind of thing. And I, I don't know if people watch that kind of stuff, but I do. And I, it was amazing to me to just see the the different type of weapons and the capabilities that Clemson had. Yeah, it, it was – both the games were crazy. I, I do tend to lean – Especially with, I do think the loss of Dexter is going to hurt them much more against Alabama. Uh, and I think that's the game. If you were speaking of the year at Florida State, do you remember, do you remember Oregon's best receiver getting suspended in a similar situation? Like he failed a drug test. In, I think it was in between the two playoff games. And then he couldn't play against Ohio State. Do you remember that? No, nah, I don't remember. Darren Carrington. Who was, Darren yeah, yeah, Carrington. Carrington. Yeah, I remember Carrington. Uh-huh. I thought he got hurt the year before that and missed the whole season. No, he <laughs> he was he was definitely hurt, but he he was their best receiver that season, and he got he failed a drug test, and they claimed they drug tested every player, and I was like, I got news for you, you drug test every player randomly. No one's playing in those games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, he especially he especially when the kid's rehabbing an injury, you know what I mean. Well, he ended up being suspended half the next season too, and then he got kicked off of Oregon at some point. I think he got like a DUI or something, and got ended up at Utah. Uh, where, and he might be in the NFL now. I'm not sure. Well, but with, with, with Dexter Lawrence, though, from from the spin doctors down there in the Clemson media, um, they were saying basically if you tested every player in the country for the substance that was found in Lawrence's blood and the two other walk-ons, you would find it. Now I don't know how true that is. Is, but um, 
as a guy as a guy who studies law and practices law, I would love to look at the definition of a banned substance just to see the chemical composition behind it and how ever changing it is. You know what I mean? Well, it, it was reported as a trace amount. Uh, so I don't know. I feel like I do feel like if one dude's using it. It just seems like the weird three guys, but but whatever. I, I hate these. I hate it. I guess you have to test for PEDs, and if you fail a PED test, you're done. You know what I mean? You can't. There's nothing you could really do. But I do think if you're going to have these tests, then you need to just go ahead and go with like the Olympic model and let them do the testing, right? Uh, right. Rather than have the NCA try to legislate it because timing is an issue, and and you know then you can be accused of whatever. Whereas if you had a outside you know third party doing everything, I think that would be like water or whatever it's called. Uh, but, but my early lean is towards Alabama. What do you feel like? Um, man, it's, it's going to be, if, if you put a gun to my head, I would go with Alabama just because I think that they are the, the battle tested team that won it last year and they defeated Clemson. So they know what they're facing. But, um, but the X factor is, you know, the greatest quarterback to ever, you know, <laughs> breathe oxygen on this planet. So who, who knows what's going to happen, right? That definitely tips the scales, right? I mean, does it not? <laughs> well, does Trevor Lawrence I, not tip the scales from Kelly Bryant? Am I crazy no. for saying that? No, you do. But also we have Tua playing for uh, – last year was Hurts playing. Uh, yeah, but Tua game. came in there in the second half and, you know, and, and then he became no, I mean, the, the greatest uh, quarterback to walk on water, you know. <laughs> I'm talking about in the. Uh, I'm talking about in the game they played against each other last year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. You're yeah, right. Hurts played. So uh, I don't know. I think they're going to try to. You know, as as unflappable as Trev is, I do think uh, they're going to be able to get a lot more pressure on him. Alabama is just uh, Notre Dame really didn't blitz a whole lot when Trevor picked them apart. I the the, the best thing about Trevor as a watching him as a player, especially at the high school level, it really wasn't fair. Because he would quickly find whoever the other team's worst DB was and just throw it at him over and over. <laughs> and that's what he did last night with Dante Vaughn. I mean, it seemed like every – first of all, Dante Vaughn is a safety. I, I get so tired of these coaches trying to turn safeties into corners and then the kid getting embarrassed on TV when it's like, guys, he's a safety. Why is he playing corner covering you know multiple five-star receivers? He should be your safety. Here's why. Here's why. Because every kid that should be playing corner is trying to play slot receiver or receiver. Corner is hard. That's why if you're a parent listening to this and you have a five foot eleven kid who thinks he's a five-star receiver – Teach him how to play DB because corner is the hardest position to play outside a quarterback. So that safety may be the best corner that that guy actually had. It's just corners are far and few in between, man. And and you, Julian Love goes out with an injury, and then Trevor's like, all right, you know, where's where's my B? Where there's my B? And I'm gonna throw this this nine right over your head, you know. Um, and, and that's what happens. Uh, Julian Love going out really hurt them. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's just one guy, right? And, and yeah, I've, been, I've, been told it, I've been told by football guys that it's next man up, correct? <laughs> well, somebody was like, they lost three starters in the first quarter, and that changed everything. I'm like, okay, no, it, it, it please, all right? It did not change everything. The game was, was never going to be close. I'm sorry. I just – there's no no offense to Notre Dame. I just don't – I just – it was clear what was going on in that game – basically uh from the second quarter on 
Well, I don't want to. I don't want to downplay the loss of Julian Love because I think that he is a great corner, and I think he'll be in the NFL and have a good career. So I think that definitely hurts, but it doesn't just excuse everything, right? So I got to look up Julian Love because I was. Is he's from Chicago? If he is, oh yeah, he is. I think it's his little brother. His name Mike. Let's see. Did he sign every anywhere? He was committed to Bowling Green for a while. Uh. Uh, I don't know. I have having some database issues, caching issue. <laughs> uh, let me see if that. I think that's his name. Was bullet was uh, was Mike Love? He lit up the seven on seven tournament. Oh, hey, here he is under Michael Love. He is verbal commit to Northern Illinois. Five nine one seventy. It's his little brother. Let me tell you something, coaches. If you can hear me, his kid's got two offers: Northern Illinois and Bowling Green. He did not sign early. Uh oh. Uh, all state team. I, I, I mean, this kid could play. He could play for me any day. He's right up your alley, Lackford. Five nine one seventy. Yeah, yeah, scrappy dude. He got that. He's got the proverbial dog in him, right? Yeah. Listen, I have. I operate under a nepotism rule. If the brother is amazing and the little brother is also good, the chances are he's going to pan out. And we we had this with the Watt brothers. Okay, so first we had JJ. Mm-hmm. Who, who was a two-star, walk-on, made everyone, you know, blah, blah, blah. The, the, the excuse everyone uses when they say stars don't matter. Then you had his brother, who was a three-star, who was a fullback, and is also in the NFL. So then we had the third one coming through. What's his name? He's on the Steelers. Uh, TJ. TJ Watt. And I, told, and I told on the rankings call, I said, guys, can we please just rank him a four-star? <laughs> uh, I don't really see it. I said, I don't care. I said, the other two brothers are already in the NFL. You're telling me this kid is not going to make it? Oh, he's just not the same type of athlete. And then cut to, he's a first-round pick and, and like a pro baller in the NFL. He's like a five, six, three-star. Anytime, anytime so. a big white boy linebacker goes to Wisconsin, it's kind of like the old Wisconsin bump. That's the thing, like – on Twitter, people make make it seem like the rankings are this super complicated thing, and then they want to they want to debunk everything. Like, oh, the kid got an offer from Alabama, so he his stock rose. Well, wh- why wouldn't I bump that kid if the if the kid? Okay, so I can see if if it's like a kid who had an offer from like Tulsa, and then Alabama kind of like found him in a rough. He wasn't ranked at all, and then they took him. Okay, fine. He becomes a three-star, because that's what a three-star is, right? A kid that can be a potential uh, all-conference player, right? So, okay, fine, right? Four-star is a kid is going to get drafted, right? But if you have a kid that had offers from, you know, let's say Tennessee, Louisville, and Oregon, right? And he's a high three-star, and all of a sudden – Alabama evaluates him and says, yeah, he's a take and he commits and he signs. Well, why not bump him up to a four star? It'd be stupid not to. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just logical thinking. Well, I will go, I will, I have no problem going head to head with, uh, <laughs> with Alabama, you know, because people get mad at me when uh, people, people will get mad at me when they see a guy, they see a guy who's, going to Alabama and say, how is he a three-star? Alabama wants him. And I'm like, I've seen him. He's not good. The Alabama doesn't hit on every single guy. And they don't. And, and they, they process a lot of those guys. Like, uh, what's his name? The dude that went to Florida State who left and transferred. What's his That's your boy, the linebacker. Uh, Adonis Thomas. Yeah, Adonis yeah. Thomas, right? I mean, they, they take guys and they say, all right, we're going to put him into the meat grinder that is Alabama's football program. And it's either going to make or break you. And if, if it doesn't make you, you're going to be at some JUCO in Kansas somewhere, right? 
right? So yeah, sure, they're not all three stars, but if if a dude had if a dude is a five point seven three star, right, or even a five point six, and he had you know decent like let's say an NC State, uh, 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 Vanderbilt, and um. I don't know. Give me a Big Ten team that's decent. Wisconsin, right? And, and Purdue. Alabama, Purdue, no, Wisconsin, right? Hey, Purdue's got a good recruiting class this year. Anyway, you get my point, right? It's like, all right, he had legitimate offers. These college coaches that thought he was a guy. And then Alabama goes to sees him and they offer him and it's a take and he commits. Like it, it's not, it's not like some fraudulent conspiracy theory that that any recruiting site out there bumps him up to a four star outside of the top, you know, 300 or 250 or 247, whatever it is. Who cares? It's still like the dude's going to Alabama. He got shot to get drafted. Does he not? I mean, yeah. Well, I have, I, you know, I had it last year. Alabama signed a two star out of uh, South Carolina, and I'm just, I'm dreading it every day that he's going to just right, be a first round pick. You know, what well, I mean? look at, so. look at, look at, okay, look at Tanner Bowles. Right, we've both seen Tanner Bowles from. He's from Glasgow in Kentucky. He's a three star guard that's going to. Um, he's a tackle here, but you know, Alabama takes tackles from high schools and makes them, makes them centers and guards. So he might end up playing center for Alabama, but he's a three-star. Right. And I I said, you know what? I've seen the guy. I don't think he's a four-star and you've seen him. We agree. He's a three-star. Does that mean that he's going to go to Alabama and not get drafted? Absolutely not. Cause he could go in there. We don't know what his work ethic is like. We don't know what his dietary habits are. The dude might be a psycho and he might just go in there and live, eat, breathe football and be, Quentin Nelson, but oh well, we saw him. We thought he was a three star. Is what it is. You know what I mean? So right. that's my rant and rant on the rankings. Um, I took us <laughs> off our, on a whole tangent, but anyway. All right. Do you have? I don't have it. Listen, we we don't got to do our normal tweet of the week and rants and recommendations. I know people are dying to hear what I got to complain about. <laughs> they uh, are actually. I can't remember. I actually was trying to pull up the list here, but I got. I got all t- I got all types of things to complain about anytime you want. So t- <laughs> tweet at me. I'll complain if you if you really miss my complaints that much. The question is, and we don't have a tweet of the week because this was an impromptu. You know, Lackford's Lackford is the man of the people. He's been pushing to do the podcast, and I think we're going to now. Lackford, this. What do you think of this idea? We'll decide right now. People have been saying, Woody, you should run back the Trevor Lawrence interview you did on this podcast like two years ago. Uh, in advance of the natty do you think anybody would want to listen to it if we ran it back um i don't know i wouldn't want to listen to it because most of the time you talk to a recruit it's oh you know uh, uh god's plan and i'm gonna go where i feel like there's a family vibe and the same thing that the 47 other recruits you just interviewed said you know like i don't want to hear that but i don't know well, it's not i don't if you remember did you listen to it when it happened no, I did not. I don't remember it. I probably skipped over it. When I saw it was a recruit interview, I was like, yeah, I'm not listening to that. <laughs> so you listen to Mac Jones. We, the, the interviews I do with recruits are generally uh, – they're generally not, – they're not like that, especially on the podcast. Because um, I I remember – I'm trying to remember who the last one we did. We don't do them very often. That's, that's even further point. I'm trying to find our podcast on iTunes here and look at the reviews and iTunes – not not cooperating with me. Welcome to iTunes Store. Okay, continue. Maybe that's the problem. Um, yeah, there we go. That was the problem. I needed to hit continue. So so I think I'm going to do it, even if you won't listen to it. I think it was actually a pretty good interview. Uh, and he's never going to give an interview like that again, not for a while. 
So uh, looking at the reviews, we're at 104, Dave. We did it. Yeah, the goal was to get to 100. It's been it's been did. it's been stagnant though. <laughs> yeah, we have not gotten one since October 25th. At least a at least a review. We got ratings, so leave us a review. Tell us what you miss. Tell us uh, what you want to hear. I'm sure things have been in chaos since Nick left, and then I left. I went on leave uh, for for more than a month. Uh, despite uh, being bothered while I was on leave the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'll be taking that up with HR. That's the HR. Yeah, we'll handle that issue. And now we're going on the road again. So leading up to the second signing day, we won't let you down. We will be here. We, it just, you know, life, ca- life catches up with you, Dave, as you know. It does. And it's caught up with you, and you're going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Enough, enough. Uh, so so tell, leave a review, tell a friend, and we will be back. And I will have stuff to complain about, and I will be passionate and not as sleepy as I am right now. Uh, 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 can I Dave? complain about – I'll complain about one thing. Okay, can, let's hear it. Can you, can you stop with the Bird Box stuff on Twitter, please? I don't know. How did Bird – box slip through the cracks and get into the zeitgeist i i don't know how that happened but okay we get it you know like the ref the ref is blind and and sandra bullock is the ref on the on the boat we get it that's that's hilarious you know have you tweeted a bird box joke today if not you're missing out like stop be original stop that i hate that i'm done with bird box did you did you watch it? Yeah, I watched it. It was fine. You know, I watched it with my kids. It was decent, but I mean, it's not like this this uh horror genre, genre redefining work of art. The amount of words you've mispronounced on this show today. Yo, just, it's look, it's look, an awesome way. It's late. I had a few uh pale ales, you know what I mean? It <laughs> One of the best episodes we ever had was when Nick was drunk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, because Nick's not always drunk. Like you've never heard me do a podcast sober, <laughs> but but Nick, man, <laughs> the, the drunk Nick episode was amazing. Uh, I can't I can't remember. Rest, we rest in peace, it. Nick. Rest in peace. We, we referred to it a few times. I think uh, definitely. I think I, I'll be seeing Nick this week. Too bad we can't have him on the podcast. Uh, sorry, Nick. We need to break that non-compete or whatever you signed. And <laughs> <laughs> Mario Cristobal had a non-compete. He can't take yeah, a job but- anywhere in the country. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this person told me. I know. This person told me that Mario Cristobal has a non-compete, and if he wants to leave Oregon, he can only coach in high school or the NFL. That's what he said. <laughs> He said, that's not a thing. You're an idiot. This is a this is like a person who's like really smart and probably makes a lot more money than me and is like a professional adult. And I was like, he's like, I can prove it. I said, yeah. okay, yeah, send me the send me the contract. I'm still waiting on that. Sports text. sports makes us dumb. And it's not until you actually make sports your job that you realize how dumb everybody else is and how dumb you used to be as a fan, you know? <laughs> yes, it's true. It's some of my friends I don't even like to talk to anymore because they complain about recruiting rankings. <laughs> it's like, hey, 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 Woody, how is, how is whoever not a – not a, a four star, and I'm like, dude, yeah, come on, man. I haven't seen you in like six months. Yeah, you I don't know? even want to talk about sports to people anymore. Jeez. Like, look, if I work at Burger King on the grill all day, I'm not trying to come home and grill out for my friends at the cookout. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's why people always make fun of me about watching, you know, the chilling adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. Big shout to uh, to that show. I would advise watching that instead of Bird Box. 
but guess what? I don't want to watch football. I, I can't watch NFL live. You know, I'll watch the games, but I, I can't watch, you know, NFL live, college football live. Before I did this job, I used to watch college football live every day. Uh, now, forget about it. Not interested. I so. can't even watch college game day, man. I just wake up at like 11.55 and saunter downstairs and turn on my four TVs. I don't want to see the kid with cancer. I just I can't even do college game day anymore, man. I'm just like, yo, just get to the content I have to talk about or write about later and call it a day, man. It takes all the yeah, fun wanna... out of it. Remember when Kirk Herbstreet said that UCF had to worry about App State, <laughs> Fresno <laughs> State. Remember that? Yeah, nice one, Kirk and Jabroni. Kirk was on, um, Kirk was on Twitter today, going off like with the most earnest rant ever. Some dude said, "You don't get it, buddy." He says, "Oh, I get it, buddy. This is my life." This is my life. <laughs> That's the tweet of the week. Kirk Herbert. <laughs> I talk to coaches, ADs, and watch film. This is my life. It's like, Kirk, man, it's a Twitter troll, bro. The dude had like four followers. <laughs> Kirk, what was Kirk's like validating his life to him. <laughs> what was Kirk mad about? I don't even. It was about Georgia being in the playoffs under, under uh, Notre Dame or something stupid. Who cares? Like, Kirk, man, relax, bro. You're good. You're rich. You're on TV. So, You're handsome. So I, have, so I have Kirk's number in my phone, right? Okay. Uh, what is late? What is late? Because I interviewed him, I don't know, probably 10 years ago or something. It's one of those things where you save the numbers. It, oh, it was a career defining moment for you, actually. Right. I mean, think about it. Well, I save all the numbers because you never know when you're going to need to call someone back. And if you can get their cell without the PR people, it's on, right? Absolutely. So. Uh, I had the number on my phone and I thought it was his number. And then I'd notice when I'd like, you know, when you'd like check your Snapchat or like, you know, upload your contacts, it would pop up. And I think it was like his wife's number or his, Oh, or like, or like one of his, I don't know if he has any daughters, but it would be, it would say like, you know, the name says Kirk Herb street, but it would be like, the name would be something else. Herb street. Right. On a, uh, yeah. When it pops up on another social media app or something, it would be right. Sandra Kirk street or whatever. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah. It was, it was very funny. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'd be like, Oh, it's Kirk. Oh wait, never mind. It's not him. Uh, so anyway, that wraps it up for us. We really appreciate you sticking with us being, being so patient. We we need the patience, don't we, Dave? Yeah, no doubt. We, Hey, we got lives. Like other things are going on. We love talking about sports and, and getting on here and doing this, but you know, Hey, guess what? I had to. I had to. I had to single-handedly save the save my my website career uh, over the past month because I got goals to I got goals to meet. I got places to go, people to see. So, so I will try to get some content to you from San Antonio. We were gonna rerun the Trevor interview, and then Cassidy and I will be back in our homes starting January seventh, and we should be in our homes every week uh, until the Rivals Camp Series starts in mid-February. So we'll be back on a regular schedule. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.